Hi, and welcome to Cause Pods. I'm your host, Matthew Passy. Here at Cause Pods, we have one simple mission to highlight the amazing folks who are using podcasts as a way to raise awareness for good causes. Whether it's a nonprofit they work with, a charity they support, a social justice campaign they're championing, a medical condition they're battling, or someone who's just looking to make a positive impact on their local community, state, country, or the world. These are podcasters with a positive mission. Along with raising awareness for our guests' favorite cause, we're also going to see if we can raise some money to support their efforts. So make sure you check out the show notes for each episode at causepods.org to learn more about what they're doing and how to help them achieve their goals. Joining us on the podcast this time is Beth O'Connor. She's the executive director of the Virginia Rural Health Association and the host of the Rural Health Voice, the podcast of the Virginia Rural Health Association. Beth, thank you so much for joining us here on CogPod today. Thanks for having me. So I suppose it would be obvious to ask, why did you create the podcast, given what you do? But let's actually take a step back even further. How did you get into this role at the Virginia Rural Health Association? Sure. So I grew up in rural America, so I have a big interest, obviously, in rural issues in general. And my degree is in health education. Well, you get health education and combine it with rural, you wind up doing rural health. <laughs> Easy enough. So did you grow up in the Virginia area? You said you grew up in rural America. No, I actually grew up in rural Minnesota, and I've also lived in Ohio and Arizona. Gotcha. And when you say you grew up in, in rural America and Minnesota, what was it like? What were you doing out there? Were you living, working on the farm? Yeah. So I grew up 10 miles outside of a town that only had about 350 people as the population and lived in dairy country, Minnesota. Ah, very nice. And so when this role opened up, it just seemed like a natural fit for you to come on over to the East Coast into Virginia and take on this role? It did indeed. So you've been working here for how long? 13 years. And you just recently launched the podcast. What was the impetus for getting that off the ground? Well, so interestingly enough, I may be the only podcaster ever that didn't actually want to do a podcast. <laughs> About two years ago, uh, my board president, who is a self-proclaimed podcast junkie, looked at me and said, Beth, we should do a podcast. And I went, "You we, wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> because at that point, I had never proactively listened to a podcast myself. My husband listens to quite a few. And because he listened to topics that I wasn't interested in. I thought all podcasts were boring because his were boring. <laughs> and I had no clue of the breadth and scope of podcasts that were available out there. So she insisted that as a marketing effort, we should develop a podcast of our own. When I started researching into this and stalling to delay the inevitable, I said, well, I'm sure there's going to be a lot of startup costs with the podcast. There's probably going to be some software we need and some equipment. How about I do this? How about if I write a grant to cover the costs of starting the podcast? And if we get the grant, then we'll launch a podcast, which is great until I got the grant. <laughs> so that's a great topic of conversation. I'm glad you brought that up. So where, how, like, what was the process for going about and getting funding support for this project? Sure. So we are fortunate to be an affiliate of the National Rural Health Association. And each spring, they have a few grants available to cover various startup projects. If you have an idea and you want to get it up off the ground, 
they can give you a little bit of seed money to move it forward. So we did this to get a podcast started. We did a different one a few years ago to do a website revamp, all sorts of just little projects that need something to get that ball moving. And so as you were crafting this grant, as you were exploring how to get this done, what were some of the interesting challenges or maybe some of the hurdles that you came across that maybe, especially as someone who wasn't interested in podcasts, were concerned about? So as I first started looking into it, my biggest barrier was I didn't even know what questions to ask. There's plenty of information on the internet about podcasting, but I needed a giant start here button. And of course, there's plenty of people you know, vying for your business saying we can do this and we could do that. I didn't want to go with anything in particular until I knew more. And so one of the things that we wrote into the grant was funds for me to be able to attend the podcast movement conference last year in Philadelphia. So I could just start throwing ideas at the wall and seeing what happened. Gotcha. And was that a good experience for you? Did that make a big difference in moving forward with this? Yeah, that was a great event, partially because I had realized that on top of the equipment and everything else, we needed a sponsoring platform like Libsyn or Blueberry or one of those. And that was something that I had no idea that we even needed. And so I noticed looking at your website that you did settle on Blue. We did. Great. Was there a reason you chose that platform over others? Was it just because you are operating a WordPress site and so the integration just made sense? So the big difference for me was going to the Podcast Movement event. I had the opportunity to talk to the various platform sites. And I really felt that Blueberry, again, because I had no clue what I was doing, Blueberry gave me the most confidence that they would be willing to hold my hand and walk me baby step through the process. Some of the others are they're working with more established podcasters with bigger audiences. I really felt that Blueberry was going to give me the best support. Okay. That's good to hear. Yeah. They are known for their customer support. And I think it's a good lesson for anybody looking to start a podcast that one, you do have to think about hosting and some sort of service like that in order to deliver your content. But two, there's nothing wrong with reaching out to these companies ahead of time, asking them questions, telling them what you want to do. They are a treasure trove of information and They'd be happy to help out any podcaster, whether you get to see them in person at a conference or not. So I'm glad you had that opportunity. So now you've got the money to do this. You've got the equipment and the services to do this. So now you're getting ready to actually launch the podcast. How did you know what you were going to talk about? Like what sort of drives the content for this project? Sure. So actually that was not a barrier for us. One of the things that we do as the Virginia Rural Health Association was we host an annual educational conference. So my first probably dozen guests on the podcast, therefore my first 12, however many episodes were speakers at that event. I just lined them up just like I did speakers at the event and interviewed them. That's a great idea. And I've seen that with a number of organizations where they have some sort of annual event where everybody gets to be in the same location. And so, yeah, as long as everyone's in the same room, go ahead, record a bunch of great content. You've got obviously a lot of good material to work with. You're having a conference of sorts. So there's a lot of different topics of discussions and breakouts and keynotes and things like that to talk about. So that's a really fantastic idea. So now that you've sort of gone through all the content from there, what are you using as sort of the source material moving forward? When you talk about rural health, there's a billion different aspects to look at it, whether you're talking about health care in terms of how hospitals and clinics operate, whether you're talking about other services that support that in terms of people needing transportation or people needing access to broadband. You can talk about 
some of the bigger level issues such as what's going on with obesity in rural America, what's going on with the opioid crisis in rural America, what's going on with maternal health in rural America. There's a whiteboard in my office that probably currently has 20 ideas on it. And every once in a while, one of my staff will come in and scribble something else on the whiteboard. So I'm having a harder time knocking down topics than coming up with them. And so with topics being so abundant, what about procuring guests? Are you, I assume that a lot of the people that you were talking to, obviously a lot of them came at that conference, so you knew them or operated with them, but looking out to some of these other topics, are you focusing on talking to only Virginia-based organizations and experts to talk to? Are you having them come down to your offices for this? What's your game plan for that? So we don't do any face-to-face interviews. Everything is remote because we have people all over Virginia, and Virginia is a big state. Plus, we're definitely talking to some national-level folks. We interviewed the CEO of the National Rural Health Association. We interviewed the policy director for the National Association of Rural Health Clinics, and also a gentleman who is doing technical assistance all over America on how to improve access to mental health services in small towns. Gotcha. Okay. So now that you are a podcaster yourself, has it changed your perception of the space? Do you find yourself listening to more podcasts potentially for inspiration or just entertainment? Oh, absolutely. So again, I started out listening to zero podcasts and now the backlog of episodes on my iPhone is fairly substantial. Mostly I listen to political podcasts, a big part of The point of what I'm doing is to help people understand how what goes on in the state capital, in our national capital, plays out in our rural communities. How does this policy affect what you do in the clinic on a day-to-day basis? It makes a lot of sense. Have you gotten any feedback from the local politicians, from state house lawmakers about the project and your reach into the rural community? Sure. So we've had the opportunity to interview a couple policymakers. One, we interviewed State Senator Cree Deeds regarding his efforts to improve mental health in rural Virginia. And we also interviewed the Virginia Secretary of Veterans Affairs, talking about what they are doing to do outreach and services to veterans in our rural communities. And what's been the response so far from the community itself? How have you been hearing from the rural community of Virginia? Have they been big response to it? Sure. So far, people love it. Every once in a while, I have people email me with ideas. Hey, Beth, you should talk about this. You should talk about that. And overall, very positive response to what we're doing. And of course, one of the benefits we have as a state association. We have over a thousand members statewide. So when we drop a new episode, that goes out to all of our members with our electronic newsletter. Ah, it's nice to have that direct communication with your potential audience. Yes, we did have a built-in startup audience, which was very nice. So now that you have done this, you have the time that we're recording this, just over a dozen episodes and lots and lots of good ideas in the background. For somebody else who's listening to this, who's thinking about possibly you know, creating their own podcast for an organization that would be similar to yours or some other possible state, county, local organization that needs to reach its members and share valuable resources, what would be some of your best advice, tips and tricks, things to give them the confidence they need to get this done? I've certainly advised a couple people to check out Podcast Movement, both the Facebook page and the event itself. But I think for a nonprofit organization, 
having those startup funds, having a way to make sure that you have a successful launch is probably the number one piece of advice I would hand out. So maybe go out there and see if you can also find some grant money in your world, in your space. Sure. And it doesn't take a lot of money. I think we kicked this off with maybe $4,000 and that more than included everything we need in terms of equipment, services, and being able to go to those educational events. Oh, that is just fantastic. So for all those folks who are living in the Virginia area or who maybe just be interested in rural services in general, any in particular episodes or anything they should definitely check out from your podcast? So I think there's a couple that I think are really, really interesting. One, I just finished an episode. It's our most recent one, if you're looking at the directory, on peer support services. So I interviewed a gentleman who went from active addiction and dealing drugs, he was doing cocaine and Adderall, to going to jail, to going through recovery. And now he's a recovery specialist where his job is to help other people go through that process. And so we had the chance to talk about his journey, as well as some of the barriers that exist for people who are trying to recover from addiction. I guess that does raise one more question. When you're picking guests, picking topics, or actually sitting down to do the interview, what are you thinking about in terms of how to make this content interesting, how to really keep people engaged when they're listening? I wish I had a better answer to that. <laughs> what have you learned about doing this that has helped you to potentially make the content more engaging? Something that when you first got started, you just didn't dawn on you. And now you're like, oh, yeah, this is going to make this more palatable. One thing I include in every episode, there's two questions at the end. I ask everyone if someone is concerned about you know, whatever the topic is, so if we've been talking about broadband, if we've been talking about the opioid use disorder, if we've been talking about veteran services, if someone listening is concerned about this and wants to do something, what can they do? What actions can they take? And then the second question I ask in every episode of every guest is, what do you think we should do to improve health and healthcare in rural America? What If you had a magic wand, what would you do? And the answers to the what should we do one has been very interesting. For the most part, people do something related to their specific topic. But quite a few people, although they are passionate about their specific service, they have great ideas about what should be done in rural America in general to improve health and health care. You know, whether that's having some sort of universal insurance program, whether that's broadband expansion. The Secretary of Veterans Affairs immediately said, we've got to improve our transportation options. Didn't say anything about veterans. His main concern was, how do we get people from point A to point B? Then have you been able to start rolling with some of these ideas? Some of them are definitely above my pay grade. I don't think by myself I'm going to get universal health care any day soon. Fair enough. I think it helps get the message out there, what can be done and how big this issue is. That sounds great. Well, that was fantastic. I think it's super interesting and you've provided some really good ideas and thoughts for people who are thinking about doing this. I mean, the, the idea of grants is just such a great idea. There's so many out there that could be useful for podcasters, especially those for a good cause. So I'm still glad we got to talk about that. Well, the podcast is called the Rural Health Voice Podcast. You can find it in most places where you find podcasts, or you can learn more about it at vrha.org slash podcast. We have been chatting with Beth O'Connor. She is the executive director of the Virginia Rural Health Association. 
Beth, thank you so much for joining us here on CosPods today. Thank you. Thanks for listening to this episode of Cause Pods. Again, if you've been inspired by the work of our guests, please check out the show notes in your podcast app or at causepods.org. There you will find links to their work and a special donation link to support their favorite efforts. From there, you can also follow and subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or wherever you enjoy your podcasts. And remember, if you have a cause pod and want to join me for an interview, please check out causepods.org and fill out the interview request form. If approved, we'll schedule you for a chat and share the amazing work you're doing with the CausePod audience. Thanks again, and see you next time on CausePods. Pods.